Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm here today with Alan. Hello. As it's our first podcast of 2020, we're kicking off with some New Year's resolutions for you all and looking at the positive steps you can take to build towards a successful year. We're also taking a look at some topical news stories before answering this week's student questions. But to kick off with the new year, we have an offer available at the moment, which is 25% off all our annual plans for our ACCA students. So if you go onto the LearnSignal website, register with a basic plan, and then use the coupon code ACCA25, you'll be able to get 25% off the annual plan. Okay, Alan, so we're really following the global trend at the moment of talking about New Year, New Me, New, year, new, new decade, Resolutions, New, yeah, yeah. new Goals. Um, but obviously we're currently we running are, on the spot while talking about yeah. this. <laughs> uh, obviously, we're looking at it from you know, the students' pers- uh, perspective, what we want them to do, what we're looking for them, but really what is most beneficial for them. And I know, I'm sure a lot of people who do have resolutions are saying, I want to pass exams this year, I want to get through them. So now really is a good time. You can you can build a lot of that into your plans for the year and you can take a lot of positive steps. Um, so to keep it very ACCA, I am going to look at those classic SMART goals, which people okay. always hear. And do you remember what that stands for? for your? Oh, don't put me on the spot now. I'll, I'll, I'll read it out. Go on, read it out now. Specific, measurable, <laughs> achievable, relevant and timely. I just needed the first one to, to yeah. take me off. I need to stop asking you all these questions. Stop asking your questions, yeah. um, But w- why I do this, and, and we're not going to get very theory-based, but a lot of people, you know, you hear people setting goals and they say, I'm going to get really fit this year or I'm going to pass all my ACCA exams this year and then three months go by and they realize they haven't thought about it since then. So what we want to look at is how you can actually build things like that. Like what's an actual achievable goal, a, a thing you can measure, a thing that you can fit into a time frame. Um, so it's, you know, where do you th- see the starting point to that being? Well, I think setting your goal and, and I think, there's there's a high level goal. It's a bit like in a company. Where do you want to be in a year? We want to be the biggest provider of napkins in the whole world. Yeah. And, and you kind of go, okay, well, currently you have two customers. How are you going to get there? Oh, we're just going to keep asking people to buy them. <laughs> so I think there's no way that's going to translate into anything. And sometimes a goal can be... Um, kind of over the top and it could be it's it's one of these goals that that's never really attainable but might set a standard i think for studying it has to be a goal that you can actually achieve and that at the end of the year you can kind of give yourself a pat on the back and say you know what i said at the start of the year i was going to fit all this in it's been tough but i've managed it and i've passed all these exams and i've done it the right way um and so i think it it to, to set that goal of, let's say, passing the rest of my ACCA exams, let's imagine that yeah. you only have the last few left and that's possible. It's kind of, you quickly have to say, okay, when? What's the sitting? What exam am I going to do in what sitting? Yeah. What, and, and, and kind of really kind of, it's, it's nearly like that, that's your top goal, but then you've all these branches of the tree about yeah. how you actually have to set it up. And I think you want to, you know, the ideal is you want to break it down to almost a kind of weekly basis so you can mm-hmm. build it into your lifestyle. It's the same as using the gym example or a running example. You know, if you say, right, I want to do a marathon in three months, 
that's not on its own enough. And it's the same with an exam. You need to make a plan. You need to fit in time that you're going to do your study or you're running in this example. You need to build in, you know, what you're going to do with that time. So I think as a starting point, that's that's really the best thing that you can do now if you've, if you've made that plan of what exam, let's say you're doing in March, is make that plan and look at your, your time ahead. And what we do have... Um, coming available this week is our updated study plans, the six-week study plan. So if you are looking at one of those March um, exams, that you have a plan for that. Then it's about building it into your routine. What time do you have available? And then it's about thinking, okay, what am I doing within these times? What do I need to get through for that exam? Um, so how do I build that into my week? And I think it's important that it's a, if you're going to do a plan for the year, it's an important that it's a mindset you have to maintain for the year. So it's not a, an exam. So, oh, there's six weeks left to the exam from, from now. Um, I'll go do the plan. I'll pass the exam. Then I'll take six weeks off. Then I'll build up again. You, you kind of have to say to yourself, well, I, I'm committing. And committing means I study every Tuesday at, at six o'clock or whatever it might be. And even when you're finished your exam, what's the next exam? What's that advanced piece of work you could? So if you can make uh, make it as part of a routine, like doing your whatever marathon running or going to your weekly yoga class, you don't stop yoga class when you've gotten good at a move. Yeah, You want to get better or you want to do different moves. You don't kind of say, oh, I'm good at this move. I'm going to take six weeks off and then I'm going to go back and learn how to do yoga again. Yeah, it's all a, So if you can keep that, that momentum up, that's where you and these exams will only get I wouldn't say they get easy, but they'll get comfortable. They yeah. get very manageable if you do it that way. And again, the, you know, things like resolutions and these things, they come from reflection and looking at the last sitting and the last year. And if I'm sure if you talk to anyone who's run a marathon or half marathon and I have the benefit that you have. Um, but, it, you know, when you finish one, you, you do take on board that experience and it, it comes into how you train in the future. And it's the same with study. You need to continuously being reflecting on what worked well the last time, what you do differently and amending your plan. And what you should get to is that as you're getting towards the end of your, your ACCA cycle is that you've really honed in and you have a really good approach to your study. And, you know, Ideally, the exams are nearly getting easier because you find what works for you. You find the way that you get through exams and what resonates with you. And, you know, you kind of perfect your yeah. your almost approach. Well, what I found the, the best thing about, so you do a, whatever, let's say a, a half marathon. The first thing that I've started doing now when I finish it is book the next one. Yeah. Because you kind of... Because otherwise you can, oh, that's that done. And you sit back. And then if you sit back for too long, it's nearly like you're, you're semi-learning to run again. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of doing that little bit and keeping up the momentum without pushing yourself too hard, so you can kind of, you can take a break without stopping and you can kind of reduce the intensity without stopping. And then you just turn it up when needed and you turn it down slightly. But you're always doing something. And because you always have a short-term goal or target, so you've always the next one yeah. booked and kind of ready to go, I think that that's what motivates you. And I think it's not about stopping and starting. It's just about altering the intensity depending on the on the, the stage of the cycle that you're at. Yeah. And I think to continue our um, <laughs> well, <laughs> comparison to, yes. to gyms and running, it's the same thing, um, you know, using a learning provider. And some people mightn't have used one historically. They might be considering joining one. But that idea of, of joining a learning provider and let's say joining us and booking into a, an annual plan or a quarterly plan, it's the same idea as joining a gym. It, it gives you a platform 
you know, to achieve these goals, like mm. getting fit or like studying. So we take that hard part out. We've plans, we've programs, we've everything there. And you just need to make the commitment and be willing to work hard and you'll get to where you want to be. Well, um, I used to always have this thing when I was, I was studying and I, I kind of do it with exercise. And like when I was playing football, you, you kind of... Yes, you, you want to play and you want to play your best and you, and some days are harder than other and you know from playing sports, some are difficult. But it gets to a stage where you don't want to fail an exam because you, you nearly don't want to let down the, the person at the top of the room who's been working with you. You kind of, you want to win the game because you don't want to let down your teammates or your coach. And I think it, it, in, a, in a certain way, it's kind of building that relationship with a provider that they're putting everything into you passing. And there's a there's a kind of joint success there. Yeah. And I think you nearly have to look at a provider as somebody who, and, and I know we are, um, if you pass, we celebrate and if you fail, we're, we're nearly, maybe not quite as upset as a student, but it does, it does hit us hard. We yeah. don't like that. We want all our students to pass and be successful. And I, I think if you can get into that mindset that you're kind of, you're passing the exams, not just for the exam, but it's for the people who've helped you through the exam. It's for your future career. It's for your next job. It's for a bigger salary. If you can kind of just get a slightly bigger picture view of what where you'll go after this year, I think that's much better than say, oh, I have an exam in six weeks. I just have to pass it. Nothing yeah. else matters. I, I think that's kind of, that's the short term motivation that I, I don't think will get you through just quite as well. And the final point I just want to talk about is, and this is also something you'll hear lots of people talking about at the start of a new year, but trying new things. And I think if you, you know, if, if your study has got a bit static, if you're finding it hard to get motivated, bringing in a new aspect and trying something new can make a huge difference. And that might be attending our weekly webinar. That might be doing all your question practice now on CBEs and on our CBE practice tool. But you need to be looking at new things that you know are beneficial to you and giving them a try. So even if, you know, you, you mightn't, it mightn't be comfortable, it mightn't be something that, that you're used to doing. If you can kind of take that leap of faith, we find students respond really well to all these things, like the weekly webinar, like doing our mock exams, getting the feedback, our correction packs. So now is the time to, to bring those new elements into your study. Does it, I can't quite remember it exactly, but there's a saying that basically says, if you don't change you're only staying the same or going backwards. Yeah. And and like kind of taking that that view, if you don't make small incremental changes, I always look at golfers. I'm not a big golf fan, but the golfing thing fascinates me. Uh, Porrick Harrington won two majors and he completely changed his game. Yeah. And you can't go, why? You just won two yeah. majors. But it's what, uh, like, if you look through all sports, it's what all major sports people do. It's like Rafa Nadal, change his serve when he was number one mm. if you in tennis and you kind of go well like why did you change because they they it can stay the same even when you're successful making those incremental changes keeps that level at such a high pace and by not changing you're kind of doing the same version of everything over and over again and it can get boring and, and kind of very lazy like so you you kind of make it's not only if things aren't going well you should change it's the most important thing is when they're going well keeping those little bit changes going on and on yeah and the final point just to note there is if you are a bit uncertain you are unsure of your plan for the next while or you do have any questions particularly in light of um results coming out we are running our results week webinar that'll be on wednesday the 15th of january at 1 p.m and myself and alan will be there to help you with all those questions and help you make that plan for the upcoming exams 
don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content, important news, live streams, study tips and much more. So now, Connor, we're going to have a look at our news stories. So um, I know we're going to pick one each every week now to see how, how um, what people think of our choices. But um, the one I've been interested in is the whole Nissan scandal. And actually not from a company scandal perspective, just from the kind of escaping from Japan yeah, perspective. Yeah. So um, International espionage more than... <laughs> but, it, but it nearly is. And um, I think the, the next part in um, the whole Nissan story is Carlos, um, the wife of Carlos Gassan, Carol Gassan, um, has, um, how shall we say, left also, um, left Japan. And Japan have have just issued an arrest warrant for her um, on suspicion of giving a, a false testimony. And they said that um, she testified that she didn't know somebody and they're able to prove that she does know them and stuff. Um, and it, it's it's very fun because obviously they're back in um, they're back in their home country of Lebanon. Um, Lebanon never ever extradites Extradite, their yeah. citizens, so it's probably the safe. It's obviously the safest country in the world. But the most interesting one that was re- a funny part, I guess. And I have to admit, I do find this quite funny the way it's a real, it's like a movie of people escaping yeah. from a country and, and they still don't know what passports to use and how yeah, they got she, away she'd from the country. Yeah, she'd one passport taken, she yeah, couldn't it's, find it's another. Bizarre. But also the company that flew them out of Japan, so they went from Japan to Turkey and then from Turkey to Lebanon, mm. and the company that flew them has recently come out and said they've only been paid half the money. <laughs> so it's like no, your clientele, yeah. yeah so everybody's getting it. Yeah. Like you can't even trust people who are fleeing, fleeing. governments these yeah. days to pay you. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think they are, I guess it's Japan's way of just piling the international pressure yeah. on countries to try and get these people back. And I think it's like with any of these things, it's. Um, you know, if you can't target the person, you target the people close to them and you put mm. pressure in different ways. But I think with all these stories, and you hear a lot in these very high-profile people um, who are incredibly wealthy, when they're charged with things, they have such access to... Like, I think he hired a private jet from a company oh, yeah. the day before his bail, and he's an endless supply of money. I wouldn't even know yeah. how to go about hiring yeah, a private jet. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it does, We it does, um, all these stories, you, you do really say, like, how do you control people? I suppose you have no bail, but when, when a bail is set for people like this, they, mm. their ease of escape suddenly looks very easy with the money that they have available. But it's got, what's going to be interesting now is they're obviously in Lebanon and what will happen if, for example, they want to go to the States. Japan has an, has a, a, an extradition agreement, agreement with yeah. the States, but what's the process they'll have to go through in order to get that happening? Yeah. So I think this story has a, has a long way to run. Um, and there's a lot of big companies involved. Not there is just a, Nissan, that's a, but that, that's the oh yeah, it's, you it's, know the effect, the, the the role these countries play, or these companies within all the countries that yeah. are involved. It's, oh, it's it's a it's a massive case, and I think slowly but surely you'll find them if they can't get them legally. You'd expect that maybe Japan will start releasing the the kind of the dirt, the stories yeah. about wider after them, and kind of. If they can't kind of put them in prison, they might publicly shame them internationally. So it'd be it'd be interesting yeah, to see where it's one that's that's already just been in the headlines weekly almost, and, yeah, and not and only the case and the charges. I think and it'll the, stay there for for quite a while because I think it's in the interest of Japan to keep it there and to keep them 
publicly putting pressure on these countries who are not what they would say is they're not um, not helping them out. No, and and what you get is is that it mains the paranoia on the people involved, and mm. you know eventually they they maybe slip up or they turn themselves in. So my story is a, a bit different, <laughs> maybe lighter, I'm not sure, but it is looking at the meat alternative industry, which is currently a very hot topic of conversation. I know it comes up regularly in our in office. In our office, different because, people have different views, definitely. Yeah, and there's a there's a poster I know outside our office which is advertising these burgers. But this is an industry that's in the next decade expected to, to grow to you know, up to 140 billion, it's going to be a next major trend. Um, and what we're seeing is some of the major players are already starting to emerge. Um, and it's clear where they're kind of seeing a lot of the greatest growth potential. And that's in fast food chains. Mm. Um, so you're seeing a lot of, I suppose, interesting partnerships between some of these companies, like looking at, at two of the biggest, there's um, Impossible Foods, who are valued at 2 billion, and Beyond Meat, who are valued at 5 billion. Um, and they're both plant-based meat companies, but they've already been vying for um, kind of partnerships with the likes of Burger King, McDonald's, mm. KFC. Um, so I know that Impossible um, Impossible Meats already have the Impossible Burger with Burger King. Um, and then Beyond Meat are in quite advanced talks with McDonald's. They're testing in Canada. I think they already have a partnership with KFC. Um, so it's really this interesting trend, but if they can hack into these and slowly grow to all these stores, I think even the Impossible Burgers only in some markets, the growth potential for these companies, you know, they're already billion dollar companies, but they could suddenly become oh, yeah. globally huge companies. Well, they, they become a, a key provider of product for McDonald's or Burger King. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. I keep saying I must try it, but... Um, and obviously, all the advertisements say, "Yes, yeah, it tastes just like a burger." Um, but it'd be, yeah, it's really fascinating because obviously, it's the. I think we've talked about a similar subject before, and it's not until this kind of feeling becomes mainstream, this mm. kind of thing becomes mainstream. And like it or not, healthy or not, McDonald's and Burger King is mainstream. Yeah. And when 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 you're going in with, with kids or friends and you're all ordering these burgers and they're not beef and you don't really know the difference and you're going to go back and you're you're going to do that, that is going to make a difference. So it, it's great to say, oh, we should le- eat less meat. Yeah. Um, but it's not as easy and some people don't have the time some people don't have the effort some people don't know where to start Um, and some people think oh no it's not for me Uh, but until it becomes the everyday thing that you nearly can't avoid it at least trying it um, the that's what's really going to make the big change yeah and I think two of the parts of this story that I found really interesting were firstly that impossible um, impossible foods had you know huge kind of um production issues where they couldn't meet demand because they're obviously partnering with this global company um, and then it calls into question you know can can these companies remain the sustainable alternative keeping mm. those values at core when they have the, the business and corporate incentive that you know if we get in now we can grow globally we can become the main provider beat all the other kind of um, plant-based food companies and do they remain sustainable do they not are they not able to meet the um, production demands and then they fall away or the company so it's it is a very interesting time for these companies and really for what their their kind of vision and goal is does it do they stay true to that as it goes on 
Try us for free by registering for a basic plan on LearnSignal.com to get everything you need to pass your exams. So Connor, we got a question in um, from a student who's looking at the on-demand exams. So they're the, the first four exams on your ACCA journey and I appreciate a lot of students here might have got exemptions from that. But there are a lot of students who are still doing those exams. So kind of if it's kind of like, oh, well, I've just, ACCA have said I can take my exams. Where do I even start? Yeah, and for a lot of people, as you said, this is the very start of their ACCA journey. They're not used to it. They're maybe you know, have maybe even booked an exam and haven't necessarily thought about how they're going to prepare. But really our key for this, we have um, new study plans developed for all these on-demand courses. So I'd say as a starting point, if you, um, whether you haven't booked an exam, if you have, either way is to go on to the LearnSignal website, go to any of those courses, so accounting and business, management accounting, financial accounting, or corporate and business law. And if you go to the resource section, you'll find a study plan which sets out every Everything. It's a seven-week plan. It'll get you through all the material. But the other thing that it does is it gets you through almost 500 practice questions. Um, and there's mock exams and everything. So if you just follow that plan, that will you know really help you get through your, your first exam. That can help you get through all the on-demand. And it will build a really good platform of knowledge as you move into the applied skills. So we are going to finish up there today. Just to remind you that we do have our results webinar going next Wednesday, the 15th of January at one o'clock, and that's available to everyone. We are also currently running the offer for 25% off our annual plans. So if you are interested in becoming a LearnSignal member, go on the site and enter the coupon code ACCA25. And we'll see you back here on the podcast again next week. Bye-bye.